family-owned, built-to-last, people-focused. Founded on the values of integrity, hard work, and safety, the Heiko Companies has over 9,000 employees and over 70 operating companies in 19 countries on five continents. As a family-owned business, we believe our customer and employee relationships are the most important assets we have. Our operating companies provide products and services that drive the economy. These products include engineered components, steel, specialty equipment, construction, and industrial services. Our businesses are organized into four platforms, Applied Solutions Group, Construction Solutions Group, Industrial Technologies Group, and Metal Processing Group. We believe that a handshake still means something. We take pride in doing what we say we're gonna do. We have a reputation of commitment, hard work, and the desire to exceed expectations. Ensuring the safety and well-being of our employees is the most important responsibility. And we're proud that our operating companies in the United States and Canada are certified women's business enterprises. On this podcast, we will learn from thought leaders and subject matter experts from our operating companies, their customers, and other partners in their industries. Welcome back, listeners. We are so excited for the second episode of the Heiko Companies podcast. Following our introductory episode that focused on who we are as an enterprise, our brand, and our mission, this episode will highlight one of Heiko Companies' core values, which is safety. At the Heiko Companies, ensuring the safety and well-being of our employees is our most important responsibility, and there is no one better to discuss this topic than our guest today, who I am honored to introduce to you. He is our Vice President of Environmental Health and Safety, Dave Roberts. Dave um, has been with Heiko Companies since April of 2019. He came from the General Electric Company, where he led their EHS department in various GE business units, including their appliances, jet engines, chemical, locomotive, and at the corporate level as well. On top of his environmental health and safety specialties, Dave has career experience in operations. He is a Six Sigma black belt and is experienced in lean manufacturing. As you can imagine, Dave has been an invaluable asset to our enterprise. So welcome, Dave, and thank you again for joining us on today's podcast. Thank you, Maddie. Appreciate it. Great to be here. <laughs> so today, Dave, you know, as he knows, will drive the conversation around the key components of successfully creating a culture of safety. I will just add that Dave's commitment to his craft is is unparalleled. He takes pride in his work and is deeply passionate about it. it it's truly been an honor to work alongside you, Dave, both up close and from afar. And if it's okay, I do want to share one experience that I had with you that has stuck with me, just to visualize for the listeners and viewers how dedicated you really are. Um, and I, I know we spoke earlier and you don't remember the specifics of these, this story, but it really, it really stuck with me. So back in February of 2020, um, just before COVID lockdowns, our, our chairman, Emily Heisley Sokol, was speaking on a thought leaders panel at a, a WBE event down in Houston. We had 10 or more um, of our individuals from different parts of our company, including David and myself, um, attend this event in support of Emily and to be part of that, that network. But after the event, Emily and the BOMAC team took, took a few of us out to a job site in Galveston, Texas. For those of you who don't know, BOMAC is our civil marine and piling construction company down in Beaumont, Texas. But at this job site, we were actually able to go onto a barge in the ocean where the BOMAC team was literally driving pile into the ocean floor with this giant hammer that was attached to the crane that sat on this barge. So you can imagine like the sheer breadth of this operation and how important safety would be on a job site like this. Um, and I will just add that, you know, BOMAC and all of our construction business units are, are truly leaders in, in construction safety. But the point of this story is that I remember watching you, Dave, at one point 
lie flat on her stomach on this barge to get a better look at some minute bolt or, or hook that was part of a contraption that connected a piece of equipment to the barge. And you have to forgive my incorrect terminology here. I'm not familiar with what it was you were looking at. But what struck me was one, you know, amidst the 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 this efficient and large scale operation that was happening, you you really took the time to get down there and look at every single component um, of that job. And when you stood back up, it was look on your face was honestly just one of, of pure joy and excitement. And you started going on about um, the the metal grade that was used on that part and the durability and strength of that of that tiny part and how it was being used. And you were so proud of the quality and the safety measures that were being taken down to like the smallest details. And all I could think was that we are in such good hands to have you leading our safety department. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Um, so I have to ask you, you know, there's a clear passion there. Uh, what drives that passion for safety that you have? It's because it's very personal to a lot of people. It's, you know, it really gets down to that level um, for me. But I've also seen it truly transform an organization. So it can be very exciting at the same time. So I could tell you a lot of stories, right? And um, But what I'd say is um, the most rewarding part of my job over the years has been when individuals come to me and say, hey, you know, something you did, something you put in place or whatever it was prevented this from happening. You know, and, and you don't, in many jobs, even my job, you know, you don't get many opportunities where people actually tell you that you something actually prevented uh, a, a negative consequence and potentially them getting hurt. And so it's happened to me maybe a handful of times in my career. And and it's so rewarding, way more than any award I've ever gotten or money I've saved the company or anything like that. It's it really, those are the things that, that have stuck with me. And I, I'll tell you just one story, like just one example of that. Um, in my very first job, I had a, a machine operator and I could tell every time I walked by his machine, I could tell he had tampered with his with his guard. And, and so I, I, I challenged him on it. And I think he was afraid to tell me anything because he thought I was going to make his job more difficult. And so, you know, but I worked with him on trying to solve whatever problem, why he needed to go past that guard somehow. And, uh, and, and we resolved the issue you know, eventually after, after some working together. Um, and, and I remember when I left that job, when I went on to my next job, um, he had actually written me a poem. I didn't even think he liked me, you know, because, <laughs> but, but, you know, and I, so I actually keep it on my wall today to remind me of, of the importance of what I'm doing. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you think that for that specific employee, there was just a lack of understanding and the incorrect action he was taking and how it would affect the operations? Or was it, you know, what, what, what clicked for him when you finally showed him the right way to do it? Yeah, I think one is he saw my passion, right? Just like you were talking about, like that, that this is, we weren't going to let him get hurt. That was just not, you know, an outcome that we were going to allow to happen. And so, and then when he kind of saw that, hey, this was a little bit different. This is me just telling him about how to be safe. This is about how do we make a better safe system. He then bought in, right? Then, you know, the light went on for him. And so as we get into this, I mean, I mentioned you know, this is not your grandmother's safety we're going to talk about. This is not about putting safety vests on people and following rules. While those are important, a successful safety culture is something very different that's very rewarding and uh, very exciting. That, that was a great story. Thank you for sharing it, Dave. I hope that those continue on in this company and, and beyond. And even for those who haven't given you that feedback, imagine 
the lives that you have changed without even receiving the feedback. And that's one of the things, you know, I know you, you, one of the things you said you were going to ask me about was metrics, right? And I, and I, I expect to get there. But, um, you know, when I think about metrics, you set goals and you try to get better and better, right? But when you translate those to people, right? If you say, you know, hey, we've reduced our rate by this much, but you know what? That translates to 50 or 70 or 90 or 100 people that didn't get injured. We did something right. Then it starts to sink in a little bit. Can you talk, talk more about some of the safety metrics that we as an organization pride ourselves on being good at and how we sort of measure those, what processes we implement to maintain those safety levels? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, of course, I, I referenced kind of an injury rate type of uh, reduction, and that's kind of a standard thing most companies do, right? OSHA measures it and others do. And so so we do look at that kind of lagging indicator, that, that this idea of that's the result somewhat of a culmination of the, the work you're doing. And so, but, but really we try to pay more attention to some leading indicators. So we, we really think about, you know, what is it that we, we can impact that will maybe down the road affect that result? And so some of the leading indicators we look at are our employee concerns and how responsive we are to those concerns. So we track all those and, and we track how quickly we close them out. So we, you know, we address those. We also track how we, any inspection findings we have internally, you know, if we find something at one of our facilities during an inspection, how quickly we, we fix those things. And so we try to focus on those things we can control and those things we can measure as some leading indicators. And then there's some more kind of intangible things that, that we'll focus on as well. Kind of building action plans, like continuous improvement plans and tracking to, to our status of those improvements. So those are some other things that we go after. You were mentioning implementing processes and tracking these different metrics, but, and I know we're going to talk a lot about how to engage our employees in maintaining and really leading that culture of safety, but how do you partner with them to sort of, I mean, you don't want to come in and say, here's your checklist of things that you have to do because you have to do them. And I'm saying you have to do it. I'm just imagining, you know, what's the incentive for these people beyond obviously staying safe? to do these things and to care about them. Uh, you know what? I find that people, like almost everybody, really wants to do a good job of what they do. And so I always go in with that, that everybody wants to do their best every day. And then my job is to kind of empower them to do that. And and it really starts, you know, with leadership, right? It, you've you've got to have good leaders who, who know how to do that or trust their employees um, and, and let them kind of think outside of their normal job because um, employees have so much to offer. And, and the first time you listen to them and, and they see what they're doing makes a difference, they're, they're in. You know, then they want to keep contributing. And, and I, when I say keep contributing, I don't mean just safety. This becomes a, a cultural shift, right? You, you then have people want to do every bit of their job better because they think what, and they are more important, right? And what they're saying and what they're contributing is making a bigger and bigger difference. And so it'll affect the quality. It'll affect your productivity. I mean, it, it just, it, it starts shifting into a culture. And that's one of the most exciting things about safety is that it can be kind of that catalyst, right? Everybody agrees that safety is important. So let's start there, you know, and we can really, you know, we can, we can engage our employees here and build that into an, a culture of excellence. 
And I think that as an organization, that's who we strive to be is, is one who is excellent and one who is the truth excellence in all that we do. And I, and I think our safety, you know, our core values are hard work, integrity, and safety. And so I think that's a huge portion of, of driving our excellence. I know that you've done a great job with that. You talked a lot about um, employee, your response time to employee concerns. Have you seen that more concerns have been raised as your response times increase? Yeah, so we track everything in an EHS, which management database. So all our companies feed information into this database. And that's, that's it's one of the great investments that the Heiko companies has made is so that allows us at the corporate level to kind of monitor how our different companies are doing. And so as, as uh, events are put into that system or employee concerns are put into that system or compliance requirements are put into that we're able to look at that and see how we're doing. So we can track timing of it. We can run scorecards against it. You know, we can, we can run data. Maddie, you know, I love data, right? So, so, you know, so I'm a Six Sigma black belt, right? So, you know, one of the things we've done is actually looked at, hey, is there a correlation between some of these leading indicators and some of those lagging indicators? Is what I'm measuring up front going to result in less injuries? And, and so for me to have credibility, I feel like with, with the leadership team, I, I understand that, right? I, I'll run the data and make sure that, hey, what I'm proposing as a leading indicator for our company is actually going to have a, a result in the bottom line. So it's not by chance. This is, this is all by just data analysis and really understanding that. And then, of course, it translates, if we do it smart, right, it translates into better engagement at our different operations. You've done some incredible work here at the Haiku companies and in your past roles as well, from what I know. Um, if you were to give advice to someone else starting off on really developing a safety program for their company, where would you suggest that someone starts? Sorry to throw this one on you. Like I would start it with the leadership because you don't get anywhere with, without leadership. And, and if you look at, at the things I've introduced into the Heiko company since I've been here, it's a lot of it is about engaging our top leadership. So whether we're talking about EHS at our uh, executive team meetings, um, or we're talking about it with our presidents of our different companies. Uh, we have a couple of processes that we engage our top leadership. Uh, we have a, a strategic planning process. So, you know, having a good plan. So, right, you know, to me, it, it's, it's, it's engaging your leadership and having a good plan, right? So if you can engage your leadership to have a good plan, you've got both of those. And, and so you have a starting point, right? Understanding, hey, what are my risks? When you build that plan, I, I, there's specific areas that I ask each of our companies to look at. What are our big risks? You know, are there somewhere we could kill somebody? Is there something, you know, where we could have really a bad thing happen? And what is our data telling us, right? That's another piece to go after. What compliance things should we be concerned about? So, you know, give them the tools to do this simple an analysis and then build a plan to reduce those risks, kind of a continuous improvement plan. So then our top leadership kind of understands, hey, this is this is what my risks are, and this is what I should be paying attention to. And it's not me saying, hey, you better do this or you better do that. It's engaging them to really look at their own operation and come up with that plan so that it's their plan. So now I can just work with them to make sure it's a good plan. We can measure the performance of that plan. And then we have reviews. Uh, we have what I call incident learning calls. If we have events happen, we'll get on a call. We'll get all the presidents together for that group and, and talk about it. What did we learn from that? And how do we get better? And how do we collectively share our best practices around that? And so, so those are just simple tools that engage leadership. And then, of course, you got to dig deeper and, and think about your frontline leadership. 
And and what do they do? What does their operating rhythm look like? How are they being measured? You know, and, and how do you, you know, you start to integrate into that current operating system? Don't use EHS as an add-on. It's not an add-on. It's a, it's how we do things. Enhancer. That's right. Right. It just, it just <laughs> makes it better. And so it makes it more powerful. It's, it, and it can be very effective. You'll see, you'll see a lot of results just in, in getting those things right. And then I, then once you get your leadership really gets it, then start, then start really engaging the employees because, you know, you'll have some credibility. If, if your leadership doesn't get it, it's hard to engage employees. Um, the great news is I, I think the Heiko Companies does a terrific job of, of getting good leaders, good, passionate leaders who, who, who get it, you know, who understand kind of the whole picture and maybe need a little guidance on, on, on where to focus. But ultimately, um, you know, they're, you know, they've got the right core values. Are there any other resources? So if we're going back to someone who maybe wants to really start growing and, and changing or improving their safety program, are there any resources that you would suggest people go to? I would say um, build a network, you know, and then take advantage of learning opportunities, right? So there's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things out there that are available, um, National Safety Council, you know, there's there's just different organizations that offer different training opportunities. And then you can buy into some of them too, you know, whether it's online or going to classes, but, you know, building your understanding is also. How much influence um, do customers have as stakeholders in our safety program? Yeah. I mean, we're always listening to our customers and, and we do get requests from our customers. They want to do business with people who are responsible, right? They want sustainable companies and responsible companies to do business with. So that's really important to us. And so we're always thinking about that is, is, you know, uh, what is important to our customers and especially like, and you had mentioned earlier, our construction uh, division, you know, we have many construction companies who they have very good safety programs and they know, they know it's critical to their customers and they want to, when they walk on that job site, want to be the best ones. They want to be the ones that, that are following procedure that look professional, that are doing the job right. Right. Cause they know that ultimately then, you know, their customer isn't going to have to worry about that. It's huge. It's just huge in that industry, but it's really big in every industry. And, and we just, we need to be paying attention to that, listening to those signals and, um, you know, and adjusting where we can and, and learning everything we can. Because today, it's an exciting time right now. I mean, technology is changing, you know, every day. And so some of it's not that expensive. You know, sometimes you think about technology and, you know, and, and in safety, right? You can, everything from camera technology that can watch everything and see if something is abnormal and flag it for you. Right now, that's a kind of a, still developing and it can be expensive as an example. But an area that we're using technology um, is um, artificial intelligence. I had mentioned that we have a database, right, that looks at every incident that's put in, whether it's big or little, Every concern that's put in, well, what we do is is we run that against a, a third-party artificial intelligence program. So every time someone puts something in that system, it, it runs it through this program and tries to identify, could that have been more serious than it was? And so then we can learn from that and say, gosh, you know, this ran it against all these external companies, you know, outside of the Heiko companies where maybe fatalities have happened or bad incidents have happened. And this will tell us, say, hey, you know what? This had the ingredients of something bad. So you better pay attention to this one. And, and, and so it flags it. And so that helps us predictive, right? So yeah. we're, 
it, you know, and so we can try to prevent something well before it happens if we get the right signals, we get the right things in our database. And so, so that's one of the ways we're using technology uh, today. And we're really the first company that's that's really developed this into our systems. And really, yeah, yeah, we're, we're um, we use it for now. We use it for our planning process, okay. and, and and we bring it into our incident learning process so that. You know, we're not just talking about events, you know, bad events that happen, like if someone got injured, but did we have a near miss that could have been this, right? And how do we, let's, let's learn, let's pretend it was bad and let's learn everything we can out of it and, you know, and, and change our system for the better. So. That is so cool. I, I, I remember you talking to me about this, I want to say about a year ago, and you're really excited about potentially using it. So that's, I, is that the right timing? Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, we've been we first ran our data set of about the middle of last year. Yeah, we we started um, we started in the third quarter of last year. Our first data set, and, you know, when I was able to look at the data and see what what can we learn from this from this artificial intelligence. And of course, I brought it to to our CEO Steve Frediani, and he when he saw it, he was like really excited about it because right because this gets you right to the heart of what you need to put your attention on. It's easy to get caught in a lot of data, right? But but if you can have uh, technology help you point to, hey, here's a few that, let's let's get those and we'll really make a difference. Um, you know, that's the power, right? So so it can be very exciting. Congratulations on that. That's, that's wonderful news. I'm excited for our company in that instance. Okay, so you talked about technology and I, you know, I wanted to talk sort of about the non-traditional, less culture-focused safety topics. We talked about the technology piece of it. I also want to talk about how safety and lean manufacturing tie together. Because I know you love lean manufacturing. I'm currently taking a course on it. So it's, you know, wheels are turned in right now. And, and I can imagine that it would do nothing but positively influence lean manufacturing. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, hand in hand, right? Lean and, and safety to me. Now, there's people that don't get that. So, so it's a great question because I think a lot of people sometimes see safety in conflict with productivity or, and maybe at times that there, there's a conflict, but the lion's share of the time, if you're running a good lean operation, you're running a safe operation because it, it's well thought out. It's, it's efficient. Um, you're you're not doing a lot of extra steps, so not a lot of not a lot of extra rework in the process, and uh, and, and so the, the benefits are there. I mean, the safest operation is a good, steady running operation. It's when things start going wrong that that create the problem. So if if you're good at lean, you're fixing all these safety problems along the way. Um, and and so I'll give you a couple examples. So uh, if you're familiar with like a, a Kaizen event, which, which is a change for the better, it's an event that you go and you say, hey, we're going to fix this process. We're going to make it more efficient. And so sometimes when, when employees see lean, when they hear those words, they might think, gosh, you know what? Are they just trying to eliminate my job or they're just going to squeeze me? Or it may not be welcomed when, when they first hear those words. One of the core values of lean is safety. So when you start to really integrate that into the discussion uh, and they see that it's making their life better and, and safer and, you know, and it's not about eliminating their job, it gives lean credibility for starters. But then when you do lean right, it's a much safer operation. 
because, you know, and I'll give you an example. So if you're, you know, typically when you do a Kaizen event or, or a change for the better is what it translates to, that you're basically looking at all the touch points and flow of your parts, right? And so if you're able to eliminate those touches, you know, so you're able to say you have to handle a part 50 times during its process, and you're able to knock that down to 30 times or 20 times, we, not only is that much more efficient, but you're safer, right? Because I spent a lot of time trying to make a lift safe. So if I can just say, let's not do that lift. Let's find it more efficient way. Let's do it less. Let's, let's control the ones we do. And whether that's a crane lift or a manual lift or however that is, all those, you know, introduce risk. You know, each one of those handling of the part. And so, um, so that's just an example of how you can, you know, if you do a good, you know, Kaizen event, you'll end up with a safer work environment at the end. You know, because in, in, in the way you set it up is when you go into the event, you actually ask all this, you know, what are my risks about that? That, And if you properly engage your employees like Lean is supposed to, you know, they'll come out and say, hey, here's here's the things we're concerned about. So while we're doing this little event, let's fix those. And when you fix those things, all of a sudden they care. They're like, this is good stuff. You know, you fix those of my problems. You know, Love so, to see it. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So Kaizen is a great, great example. A couple other lean tools that um, you may be familiar with. Then. And one is um, this notion of Gemba, which is, um, it stands for actual place. So that, you know, the translation from Japanese. And so the idea is that you're going out into the workspace and in doing your assessments there, you have, you know, maybe gamble boards or gamble walks and you're getting out and seeing what's actually happening and keeping the information out there where it's happening so that you bring the teams with you, right? So if, if you properly do that, you would include some of those safety leading indicators I talked about, right? You can, you know, what is our engagement level? What are we doing on the shop floor? How do we measure those? And how let's get them right in front of people on the gamble board so everyone can see it and we can measure the team on it. And, you know, then it doesn't become just this leadership metric. Now it's a team metric, right? And, and everybody's working to, to see if we can get that better. And so, so that's another kind of a tool. Um, you know, you may have heard of Pokeyoke. So that's kind of an error proofing tool. So, and I don't need to say a whole lot about error proofing, right? If you can stop it, you know, stop someone from doing something the wrong way, it's probably going to be safer, right? Probably good, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, if you can error proof things, that's always uh, always a good way to go. Also, lean drives on visual management quite a bit, so making things very obvious um, and and helping kind of guide employees very visually to prevent mistakes from happening and, and keeping from you know keeping it the most efficient way of doing it, whether it's marking things on the floor or signage or pictures or things that can just kind of help facilitate uh, a good, efficient, safe work environment. Those are those all go together. And then maybe the last one I'll mention is 5S. So, right, the um, 5S is all about being organized and clean and safe. So, um you know, there's just, in my view, like no conflict with lean and, and safety. Um, they're just so complementary. Uh, and, and to do one right, you do the other right. Great. Take notes, everyone. Seriously. I just, I mean, you're, as you're talking, especially when you're talking about the Gamba portion, it seems like common sense, right? So without pointing any fingers at, at anyone in your career, what what, what keeps companies from successfully working in a safe environment? And, you know, what are some of the biggest pitfalls that companies should look out for? 
Yeah, I think people sometimes uh, get into a reactive mode. You know, they, 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 they maybe don't see the value. Maybe sometimes when Gemba, as an example, gets forced on you as a leader, you don't really understand it. Um, you, maybe you're not really fully benefiting from the value of it because, hey, I do it this way now and I, it's kind of working for me. You know, and so, you know, there, there's it, change is hard, right? Anytime you make change, it's, it's not easy on people. And, and, you know, and, and that goes for our leaders. And so we have to figure out how to engage our leadership and really uh, show them the value of it and, and have them try it and, and then get better at it. I mean, this is an area where a lot of our companies still can get a whole lot better. And, and a lot of them are really working it. They're trying. And, and, um, and I would just say, let's be persistent. Let's keep learning from it, listening to our people, listening to our leaders and, and tweaking it until we get it right. Um, and, and that's the whole idea though is right. You, you standardize what you think is the best thing, and then you go after it, try to make it better, right? It's a continuous improvement cycle. And and so we have to be kind of humble enough to say, we're not doing it the best way today. We've got to be better tomorrow. So that's that's part of the core values of it, too, is this idea that you've you got to get better. You know, there's always a better way. And I see a common theme that communication within all participating people pieces are incredible and what AI can do to improve that communication factor, you know, eliminating the time that it would take to analyze data manually, you know, improves the communication that you can have or action that you need to take and where you need to take it. And then you talked about the leaders to the people on the front line and they need to communicate, you know, we don't, you guys can't always be on the ground seeing what's happening. So I just, I mean, I'm learning so much from you today, Dave. And before we wrap up, I think it's important that we do talk about um, something that is timely in our world. And um, not, I mean, everyday manufacturing information is very timely for us. But, um, you know, COVID, let's talk about COVID. And, um, you know, I think that our company took a, a early on response. They did a good job. But from your perspective, just tell us a little bit about what our company did, um, you know, to, ma to manage COVID, to keep our people safe. Yeah, you know, early on we identified that that our com our companies were essential companies. Uh, we do a lot of infrastructural things, and um, you know, and and very much needed through COVID, and and so we knew it was going to be upon us to find safe ways of doing those things. And so, and really, it's a team effort, right? And 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 so, you know, the the HR team, the legal team, everybody kind of working together our our supply chain team because we had to make sure we get supplies from anywhere we could get it around the world and how do we take advantage of this this opportunity we have as Heiko companies right we're not just one company we're, we're a bunch of companies that we can pull from each other so you know everything from how do we you know if one of our companies had in on some supply right we could how could we use that for all our companies and just, yeah just use that network we have already and be smarter and so so that was one of the things we, we, we had to do is, is kind of work as a team, figure out, hey, let's set some guidelines so that, you know, our, our companies kind of know what the rules are, you know, so that to keep our people safe, we've got to keep our people safe through this. Um, because if we start losing people to COVID, um, it, 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 you know, it, it can be disastrous. And so, um, and so, you know, a core team of us kind of worked with our companies to set some guidance and, uh, you know, and, and roll that out. And then, you know, really, it's been, an, as you know, a kind of a changing world since the beginning of this. So kind of tracking what the different localities requirements are and making sure that, that we're being responsive to those things and responsive to our employees and our company's needs along the way. So, you know, 
So we, we just took that approach and, and, and I would say it was pretty successful. You know, I was really proud of the team, how quickly everybody came together and to, to really solve the problem. Um, and, 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 you know, as throughout, you know, of course, we've had our employees, uh, you know, who have tested positive, most of which outside of work, of course, but, um, but it still impacts you and, and, and you have to do a lot of uh, tracing as you, you know, uh, Maddie, you are a big part of, uh, putting together our, our system for tracking and making sure that, that we could do appropriate tracing and documentation of this, as well as now, of course, our vaccine tracking, right? And making sure that that um, we understand, hey, can we do things to help our different companies uh, get more access to vaccines and so forth? And so that's all been very instrumental in this, in this whole process. And uh, you should feel good that you're a, you are a major part of that that team as well. No, I, I was glad to be part of it. It was a great learning experience, and I will say that I, I, we did, we have gotten a lot of feedback. At least I have from people who are. Most of our HR managers have have expressed how grateful they are for the work that we all did as a team, um, to sort of help them and literally guide them in how to react and how to respond and how to be with their with their employees through that time. So I, um, you know, I I just give kudos to that whole team. Well, I think you know, Dave, we could talk. I know you you could talk about this um, for hours. We've talked a lot about your passion in this area, and I know I love to hear you talk about it. But for the sake of time, I think we will wrap it up. Is there anything else that you want to add or um, anything in your notes that you just wanted to make sure that we, we get across to our audience? I don't know. I think what I'd say is, um, you know, one of the things I've been really impressed at since I've been here is, and you, I think you mentioned at the beginning of, of, of the podcast, is that uh, the commitment from the top. So, you know, Emily Heisley Stokel and Steve Frediani, you know, so that's our, our chairman and our CEO, are just passionate about this topic. And, uh, and, and not just passionate, but it, take it very personally. I mean, you know, it's, you know, we try to treat everybody like family here. So it, it, and they mean it. So what I'd say is they mean it. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, I want to make sure that gets across and it truly is core for us. So, um, you know, it, we, we want to be that company that people want to work for, people want to do business with. Um, well, good. Well, thank you. Um, I appreciate it. And, and, um, if you guys missed, if any of you listeners missed the first episode, um, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and as well as on the Market Scale um, Studio as well.